podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. T minus five, four, three, two, one. Calculating. On another planet with Planet Sport Bet. Your world of sports betting. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Access granted. And welcome to On Another Planet with me, Emma Jones, and him, Robbie Savage. How are you, Jonesy? Good numbers last week, Jonesy. That that clip of Manchester United went viral. I think nearly half a million views, Jonesy. So these people, these people are listening. <laughs> it's, it's not like you to go in with a humble brag. Should we tell people what the podcast is about first before yeah, we get on to that, shall we? <laughs> Every week we discuss the biggest talking points in the weekend's football and check in with Robbie about the latest at Macclesfield FC, where he's director of football. You can send your questions in to at Planet Sport Bet on all of the socials. And like Robbie says, please be sure to make sure you watch all the clips because the numbers matter, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> it's been a very good week for the Siltman who are through to the last eight of the FA Trophy. Was it 2-0? 2-0, Hampton and Richmond. Fantastic result. Credit to the travelling fans, Jonesy. 450 Siltman fans making their way down to near Twickenham. Unbelievable effort. Both teams obviously giving everything and we come out 2-0 winners now going into the last eight. The draws later on today. There's some huge sides in it. We'll take anybody at home. Uh, although saying that way form is better at this minute in time, which is a surprise. So, again, it was a, a great win. Two games from Wembley. You know, if we get there, I might go Liverpool, um, you know, the, the white seats. Please don't. <laughs> but what does, what does a cup run do for the atmosphere? Even you see it inside with all the staff. Is there a bit of a buzz? Yeah, of course. Um, and one thing people don't see um, is that, at the start of the season, everybody wants cup runs. But what happens is, if you're successful in cup competitions, the games are played on a Saturday. So, hypothetically, we're at home next Saturday, for instance. The draw comes out, we're away. That Saturday game then has to be moved to a Tuesday. And financially, you lose money. Because on a Saturday, 3 o'clock, afternoon, We'll probably get about three and a half, four thousand. So many, you know, youngsters there with their families. When the games move to a Tuesday night, the attendance might be two and a half. So if you, you know, have six or seven of those games moved from a Saturday because it could, you know, you don't know where you draw. You know, you can lose quite a lot of money. So as much as you're successful for the competitions, you can lose out if your home games are moved from a Saturday to a Tuesday. So. The next round on 9th of March, we're away on that day to Bamber Bridge. So financially, it won't really, not having a home game, probably benefits us. So we're, we're looking forward to the draw. Well, you'd rather be in it than out of it, surely, wouldn't you? I know yeah, financially. Of course, of course. But, you know, people don't see all this, of course. Like, you know, if you go into the third round there for Cup and you go on TV, obviously, you know, game moving from a Saturday to a Tuesday doesn't matter because. The financial rewards, and if you can get a Premier League team, look at Maidstone, look what they're earning, look what Marina earns. Of course, the FA Trophy is not as lucrative, but of course, getting to Wembley to be two games away. And you mentioned on last week's pod, first winners of the of the of the FA Trophy. Um, it would be an unbelievable, unbelievable achievement. But once again, would I 
rather get promoted now through the playoffs or go and win the trophy getting promoted. No doubt about it. Yeah, you said it. that. Always promotion. Yeah, no doubt about it. But listen, why can't we do both? And surely for the players, Robbie, it must give them a boost when they're doing well in the league and they're also doing well in a cup. Um, yeah, we're doing we're doing okay in the league. We can do better. Um, you know, we, we need to get those playoffs. playoffs. And for me now, Jonesy, the biggest thing is recruitment. So now with, I think it was it 15, 14 or 15 games to go in the league, I've got to look at teams now. So do you think, Jonesy, we can only bring players into the football club until the last Thursday in March? Because obviously you need to have a squad if you're going to be in the playoffs. And what I'm looking at now is is, is um, players out of contract, teams who may be looking to get rid of players because they need a fight to stay up or nowhere near the playoffs. Are there any gems out there that we can get into the football club to have a squad ready in case we're in the playoffs. So we signed fantastic player last week in, in Bohan Dixon um, from Warrington Town, who we got our record signing from Luke, uh, Luke Duffy, 34 year, years of age, dynamic um, midfield player. Just think, you know, went up last year with Warrington. So they're the players we're looking for right now with, with the squad. Players who have been in playoffs, people who realise what it takes to win playoffs. So we're just looking now if we can add one or two more players in the hope that we get in the playoffs within the, the hope we win the playoffs and get up. So again, you know, some teams won't be happy um, that we're going in for their players right now. But, you know, as people say, that's, that's football. That's what happens when you've got all the money, isn't it? I'm <laughs> Don't joking. Lie, you, I'm ah. joking. <laughs> and you know, when you're looking at these players and approaching them, how does it work? I'm guessing they don't they don't have agents at this level. Do you directly? Yeah, they do. They do. Wow. They do. And, and 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 do they haggle? Do they do they do you offer them? Yeah, of course. Amount of course they do. Yeah. Um, at these levels, you know, and I've had to learn all this that you'll have players who are on a pay as you play. So basically, Robbie Savage is playing for X team. Um, I'm get if I play on the Saturday, I might get a hundred pound. Yeah, but you're not on a contract, so. If you want that player, your secretary has to put in an email to the club and put seven days' notice of approaching. At that point, after those seven days have expired, you can speak to that player. If that player hasn't got an agent, there's times when we've done that, but the player will never find out because they don't want to lose their player. So, yeah, it's happened you know, a few occasions. Um, and what you can't do is phone, get that player's number and phone because you're breaching rules. And listen, we, we don't do that as a football club. Um, so if a player doesn't have an agent yes. and the club haven't told them yeah, that you've reached I'll, out, you can't reach out to that player? No, no, listen, I'm sure that it happens, but, you know, I try and be, you know, I've got good morals. I, I you know, I don't think it should be done. Um, if a player's on a, on a contract, um, again, you have to agree a fee or agree that you can speak to that player um, before you can approach the player. Uh, but agents at step three, I do agree with because, you know, we've we've got our ambition is solely there to get promoted as quickly as we can. And we're looking at, you know, we're looking at fantastic players. There's one player we're looking at now who was played in the league, um, spoke to a representative of, of his last week, and made it pretty clear that we want that player. The communication happened, and the and the player, I believe, was to come. 
that's great because I can then approach the agent. So I'm I'm all for agents, you know. At first, I, I was a bit like, well, players will have agents at step three. But for us to get a player to Macclesfield is very, very difficult because people will see the facility. People will see what we've done. People will listen to the narrative about how much we pay players. But for instance, if you're a player, um, the difficult, most difficult thing we have because we do the daytime training model, people say we're full-time, we're not. So we train on a Tuesday and a Thursday morning. The, the group wanted to do that. Next year, we're going Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, daytime training. So, for instance, Jonesy, Player X is working throughout the day, nine-to-five job, goes training twice a week with his team and on at a night. But for us to get that player, that player's going to have to miss this season two days of work to play for us. So, if that person's on £600 their day job, they might say, well, I can't do two days, the work might agree, well, we can only pay you 400 So we've got to play that player 600 So it's more difficult for us to get players and it's more expensive because we wanted to do the daytime training model because the reason why we did that, because if we go into National League North, we will go three mornings a week and the transition for our players is easier. So it's not like, wow, if we go up, we go into National League North, right, now, we got players at the club, yeah, who know they've got to do morning training and getting players in. Our model is basically ex-players um, who have been involved in the game or youngsters who can do the daytime training. So basically, you're focusing on what the goal is and logistically trying to make that as close to that as possible so that there isn't too much change should that happen. Um, do you find, Robbie, that because of numbers that get thrown around associated with Mac that aren't necessarily true, that some players' agents might try and take the mick. Have you found that with, with fees? Of course. Listen, we had we had one player who was all, we, we believe, about 150, wanted £800 a week to play for us. Oh. Um, again, yeah, honestly, I've never I've ne- never known anything like it, how difficult it is to get players into to, to Macclesfield Football Club. You know, from the outside, oh yeah, it's easy, but it's not. And the, the biggest thing we get, the biggest thing we get, which frustrates me. So we've gone for numerous players in the last three weeks, but the response we get is the level, the level. So we're at step three. So for people listening to the poll, they don't know the levels. You've got the you know Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Then you've got National League, which is step one. National League North and South, which is step two. Then we're in the Northern Prem Prem, which is step three. So I believe every player wants to play as high as they can. But if you're a non-league player, you're a non-league player. So would you rather be playing National League because it's step one or would in front of a thousand fans, yeah, mid-table, or would you rather go to Macclesfield FC in step three, who you know, who are hopefully going one way, playing from the three and a half, four thousand fans, daytime training. Um and when you step onto that football pitch on a Saturday afternoon or Tuesday evening, you're not thinking of this is step three or step one or step two. I'll be thinking, wow, four thousand fans, great facilities, you know. 
unbelievable objectives. I'm not thinking of the level because when teams play us, it's like a cup final. It's unbelievable. But you can appreciate that as a player, you know, when you were a player, your goal is to get as high, to play in as high a league as possible. So you can appreciate it from that point of view. But then I guess what you're saying is your goal ultimately is to get there. When teams, because of the fan base, because of the facility, because I believe that lots of players, when they come to map, will think, you know, if I do well here, you know, the narrative around what I can get paid, you know, do I can go into some people say full-time training, which is not, um, you know, I wouldn't impress. So when teams come to us, it's like we have to break them down. They don't come as. Um, if you look at Everton at the weekend against Man City, they've got, you know, you know, behind the ball, City have got to break them down. We're like that every single home game. But the reason why I think it would be easy in the league above... Sorry, sorry, Robbie. Are you comparing yourselves to Manchester City? Well, no, I'm not. But I'm joking, of, yeah, I'm no, joking. I'm not, but in terms of the way teams set up against us, yeah, I because understand. They know no, if if we if if you go if we go toe to toe, you know, I think nine times out of ten we'll beat teams. Very difficult when teams sit back. We've got to break them down. Fans get frustrated. Players get frustrated. You know, and a whole four hasn't been great um, recently because of you know I think a, a lot of that's to do with it. But the reason why I think it'd be easier higher, Jonesy, if you look at our run in the trophy, we've beat Buxton. At home, I was. I think that was in the FA Cup League above. It was, you know, they come thinking they could beat us, and rightly so. Went to Alfreton, we won. Lost in the FA Cup, we won in the trophy. Dorking Wonders come to us, you know, National League side. So went, went for it. We beat them 5-0. Hampton and Richmond, I think the fourth or fifth in the league above. You know, they'll probably believe they could beat us. Game was open. So... You know, Kurz and Aston, who I think in the playoffs in the league in the National League North, went there, won 2 0, and were comfortable. So, again, I think if we go to the league above, we'll find it easier. This league we're in is one of the hardest to get out of, and it's going to be very difficult. Um, so, again, we need to be in those playoffs. And if we get in the playoffs, who knows what can happen? Ooh, exciting. Robbie, uh, before we move on, is there anything else happening at Mac this week that you want to fill us in on? Um, no, um, we've got a game at the weekend against Ilkeston. Um, drew 1-1 there. Um, they're, they're not far away from the playoffs either. Um, we train on Tuesday morning, we train Thursday morning, and we're just looking to bring in um, one player this week um, to help the bid for the playoffs. Um, any any birthday shout-outs or anything that you'd like to make? Is your birthday? Oh, thanks, friend. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Is it your birthday? No, I made it up. No, happy birthday. Oh, so I didn't know. Thank you. About time. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> right. Do not go anywhere because very shortly we are going to be joined by the wonderful Sarah Winterburn from Football 365. Planet with Planet Sportbet, your world of sports betting. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Let's talk about the Premier League, shall we? Because it was goals galore again this weekend. But for you, Sarah, what was your game of the weekend? I think I think the game I, I thought was going to be brilliant actually was probably not for the same reasons, but I think Man United's win over Villa was absolutely massive. And it's, and it's the one that really... I know it's easy to look at Arsenal and think, oh, they they banged six past West Ham. 
But let's face it, this West Ham side is really poor at the moment. But for Man United to go to Aston Villa and win and look a little bit like a competent football team again, I think that's absolutely massive. And I think momentum-wise, I think you're looking at them possibly for a top four place now, I think, if they can keep this going. I feel like you're going to say the same thing, Robbie. Arsenal's six goals away from home in the Premier League. Um, to back, follow that up after that, their win against Liverpool, the celebration police not out in force, even though they've won six now with a terrific win. Um, massive for their goal difference. So to go to any away game in a Premier League and score six is a great achievement. So Mikel Arteta and Arsenal six nil. What did you think, Sarah, of fans leaving at half time? I'm a little bit torn on this. I'm a Huddersfield Town fan. We're quite often four, five, six nil down. <laughs> <laughs> half time. I think half time is too early. I wouldn't be leaving at half time. I think that. I think that's sort of tipping it a little bit. I think when his clock's going after 60 minutes, 65 minutes, and you're five, six nil down, I'm saying. Fine, walk. And what really annoys me is when people walk out when they're winning to beat the traffic. I think that's bizarre to me. Stay and, and celebrate the victory. But I think if you're 5-0 down after an hour, I know the, I know the fans won't like it. I know the, the, the manager doesn't like it. But do you know what? Like Your life's busy, isn't it? Is there not an argument, though, that it's your team? No. So you stick with no, them through thick and thin? No argument. Well, I'm, co- I'm coming to you next, oh, piping up over there. Um, if that was you at Mac, Robbie, then, yeah. how would you feel? If you were getting battered at half-time yeah. and the fans started leaving in their droves? Yeah. I'd be walking out with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I left, if my team was 4-0 down and I left and I'd spent my hard-earned money, i follow my team around the country, i follow my team around Europe, I'm still as much as a football fan as the person that stays. It, it's just your own choice. So I'm not having... The fact that if you leave when your team's getting hammered, that you're not a true football fan. Mm. You know, I spoke to somebody at the weekend who's, I think it cost that person £250 in tickets, petrol, food, you know, eight-hour round trip. He left. That that doesn't make say he's not a true football fan. And he doesn't say he's got to stay there to the end of the game and applaud his team up. I've been on the receiving end of a hammering and... When you go up to the fans at the end, the majority, you're not fit to wear the shirt, the obscenity is thrown at you, and you have to stand there and take it. Yeah? Listen, there's some unbelievable supporters, football fans, who will applaud you. But it doesn't make you not a true football fan if you leave when your team's getting absolutely hammered. But, Robbie, as a player, you'll have experienced that and you'll know that when you're on the pitch, no one feels worse about the performance and the result than the players on the pitch. So how did you feel when you would see fans leaving? To be fair, you don't, you don't really notice it, Georgie, when you play. Um, you notice it at the end, but there's nothing going to be there. You think it was the next thing <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the game. But I'm not having it. Listen, you don't have to be, you know, a true football fan. Just because you leave, you're not a true football fan. I don't get that, Sarah. Listen, you might be, you might, have a different opinion but you can leave when you would I mean Sarah's already given you her opinion she agrees with you it's good to know you listen to her <laughs> <laughs> it's rare so through him <laughs> Sarah what do you think this means for David Moyes that result I don't think it's just that result but I think it's an accumulation I, th- I think it's a marriage of convenience there if you talk to West Ham fans they talk as if it's all despite David Moyes there's no real love there at all and then sort of never has been and I think there's a natural end to his contract this summer. And I think that should be the end because I, I 
I just think that this this is a bit of marriage of convenience. They've done quite well under quite him. Quite well. Don't quite really like well, him. Quite well. Oh no, no, I know. I think they've. I think they've overachieved. They've done very well. Okay, well, very so well. They're really well. Not but quite fan, well. But do fans like him? Do they love him? No, they don't. And I think, I think that there should be a point where this ends. And I think the summer probably makes sense. And I think. How's Deserby doing, Sarah? At Brighton. Oh, I know. It's a funny one, that isn't it? It really is, because obviously someone like Deserby, everybody loves him. Every, every fan of every other club looks at him and thinks that's who I want in charge. And yet this season, obviously, is massive disappointment. The reason I'm asking, Sarah, because West Ham are above them in the table. So do, do West Ham stick with David Moyes then, Robbie, for the foreseeable? Well, you know, I disagree with Sarah. He's not done quite well. He's done unbelievably but what well. But what Sarah's saying is that it, it will come to a natural end. So when do you think that natural end is, Robbie? I'd give him a new contract. He's had, what was he, um, this, this three of the Europa League, they eight in the Premier League title. They've had massive injuries. You know, they're both... Team, they're above Chelsea. Well, that's not, you know, too hard at the minute. <laughs> but everybody says how well deserve he's done, and he has. Mm. David Boyd is eighth in the Premier League, through in Europe, won a, a European trophy, got to, you know, fire in European competitions, <laughs> and Sarah says he's done quite well. He's done unbelievable. The way that I'm looking at it is for the... It's it's not something that's really worked in terms of the relationship between him and the fans, and it never has done. There is a real sort of, they don't like him, they don't like the way he plays, they don't like that negativity. And I th whether it works or not, going forward, I think West Ham will make that change this summer. I think they will they will move forward to probably some, someone who they see as being more progressive. Okay, let me ask you a question, Sarah, in, in your office, at 365, you know, and you don't like somebody, but they do unbelie a very, very good job for you. What are you going to do? I love not too keen on you, so out the door. But you're doing a great job. No, I'd get rid. Love it! Yes, Sarah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but but oh, also, wow. Sarah, is there, is there not an argument of, from you know West Ham fans' point of view, be careful what you wish for? Because then who comes in? Who replaces David Moyes then? And who's going to do a better job than him? Absolutely. And it, and it may well be that we're sitting, sitting here in a year's time and you're still... You know, we're still talk was talking about how they got rid of Moyes and they brought in somebody and it's gone to absolute shit. And I think that is a, a massive possibility that that happens. But I also think there are, there are certain things that have a have a time span and a shelf life. And I think he can walk away this summer if it were Sam finished in the top half again and they've reached the sort of you know semi-finals, quarterfinals of the Europa League. He's had a great season and then he can walk away and wave and go and walk into another job where they'll actually probably appreciate him quite a lot more than those West Ham fans. Whether you believe that West Ham should be playing a different kind of football or not, the fans do. The fans talk about this West Ham way. Now, it's bollocks. Of course it's bollocks. But they they do have this, you know, it's like, you know, Sam Allardyce going into Everton, wasn't it? It doesn't matter what you do. If you're the wrong man at the wrong club, then the fans never quite sort of come round to your way of thinking. And I think that's what's happened at West Ham. And I think probably they will appreciate him in five years' time, ten years' time when they look back. But right now, talk to a West Ham fan after a, yet another battering by another good club. And I think that they they pretty much all want David Moyes out this morning. Just one thing, George, I want to pick up on there is that, you know, if the numbers don't go up on this podcast, we won't be sitting here next year. <laughs> 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 Love it. Um, Sarah, I just want to go back to your point about Manchester United potentially getting that fourth spot. 
Your top four. Who's winning the league first up? I think City. I think they're irresistible. And, you know, we've had a lot of fuss about the injuries at Newcastle, Man United, etc. Chelsea. Man City would be was still remained favourites for this Premier League title and they didn't have the two, probably the two best players in the Premier League. You know, they, they, they got to that position without the best striker by a mile and without the best creative player. And now they're back. You just can see them walking away with it now. And I think there's absolutely no disgrace to Liverpool or Arsenal. Which way around those two finish, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think they're going to be neck and neck through the season, Liverpool and Arsenal. I think they're going to be right up there. And then there's going to be a gap to fourth. And I think... That's exactly as it should be. There are three teams that are loads better than everybody else in the Premier League. And I, I do think Man United will get fourth. I think there's now they've got sort of something resembling their first choice side. And there's still Luke Shaw to come back in, who I think is probably the best left back in the Premier League. I think they will sort of go on and, and get and get that momentum going. You know, Rasmus Hoyland, Rashford and Ganacho are all playing really well together, and that's what was missing earlier in the season. You know, this, this, you know, bizarrely, this absolutely miserable, depressing season for Man United could actually turn out to have quite a happy ending, I think. Robbie, do you agree with that, that Manchester yeah. United are going to get that fourth Yeah, spot? four. I, I do. I think now they've got the balance of the team right. I know Shaw went off at half-time yesterday, but I agree with Sarah. You know, since he's come back in, the dynamism down that left-hand side with Rashford cutting inside and Shaw on, on the overlap. And Hoyland, was he, that um, five consecutive games in the Premier League he scored in now so they've got youthful energy we said it last week didn't we on the pod and you know huge hits on it once again Scott McTominay you know um, an academy graduate coming up with a huge goal so again yeah I think they'll finish fourth Right well let's go all the way down to the other end of the table now and talk about Sheffield United because it was a good result for them at the weekend but Sarah is it too late now? No it's massively too late I think think what they can do now is not Join the list of, you know, that Derby side. I think, I think we might have mentioned that before, and a few others who are the worst in the, you know, the worst in the history. I think. What well, I like United, that, Sarah. Get a little digging. What, <laughs> what Sheffield United need to do is to get to twenty points or so, so that next season they're not starting with this horrendous season at the back of them. Because I mean, all joking aside, Robbie will know how hor- how horrible it is if you end a season really badly. Really difficult to turn that momentum around in a summer. You need, you know, if you if you finish with a few wins, you've got a chance of coming back next season and kind of having a little bit of, you know, oomph about you. So I think it is about making that look a little bit less miserable and, and lifting the mood a little bit at the club. I do think it's too late. I think, I think unfortunately, Burnley are, are nowhere near and I think Sheffield United are nowhere near. I think those two will be down quite easily, but it is all about just not making it look embarrassing. Do you agree with that, Robbie? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a noise in the background um, that this was on and I mean, my son. I was going to say, yeah, what is it's that? Not, it's not me. It's not my son. It's not my son. It's not my breakfast, mate. I mean, my, I mean, my son's kids in, in Reading. So, um, yeah, it's not me. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Sheffield United and Burnley um, to go down. Um, it's the other one. Um, either. Sure. The other one's so tough to call. Everton. Um you got a fear for Everton when Sean Dyche come in. Did they win four games in a row, Sarah? I think I think they did, but uh, Everton or Forest for me. That's that's Everton or Forest. I think there's a there's a really poor result for Leeton though at the weekend because they they really did look like they were going to pull out of it. And when you saw that they were at home to Sheffield United, you thought, oh well, there we go. There's another three points. They're going to really kind of get 
But that's a really disappointing result, that. I mean, it's how they respond to that, because if they don't come back in the next couple of games and believe with that belief again, they're going to end up back down then. I think Everton, it's almost like they had that 10-point deduction and they had that sort of us-against-the-world attitude and they looked really good for a few weeks, didn't they? And, and how it seems to have settled back again. They don't have a goal scorer. Okay, you know, Calvert-Lewin's really struggling in front of goal. Beto's no better. There's there's nobody who, you know, they create chances. They create loads of chances, Everton do. They're not, they're, you know, it can be a bit wanky now with the underlying numbers are all really good for Everton. But they just can't get the ball in the back of the net. And and obviously that's, you just can't talk about them after a weekend when they've lost to Man City. That's, you know, we're not talking about it on the back of that, but it's been a bad few weeks for them. Plus Forrest are the other ones. I think I do, I do worry for them because defensively they are so poor. Okay, finally, Sarah, before we let you go, I want to talk blue card. Now, as you're the voice of reason, what do you make of this blue card proposition? I think it's trying to solve a problem that there's already a solution to that hasn't, isn't being used properly. I completely get that they look at it and think there's too much dissent and also the tactical fouls. Those are the two things that they think are being underpunished. Well, why, why, why come up with a new punishment? Just use the one that's there. You know, the referees aren't, aren't punishing players for dissent the way they should be doing. The, the yellow card is there for that. They don't need to be, there doesn't need to be another one. Just use the one that you've got in your pocket. It seems an utterly bizarre idea and we're just going to make football more stop-start, which was everyone's been moaning about the last three years of VAR. It's going to stop-start. Well, every time there's a blue card, we'll go to VAR. You know, games could last about four hours at this rate. Yeah, it does just feel like we're complicating things again. Massively overcomplicating it. If, if, the, if the referees don't have the balls to use the yellow cards that they should do, why are we giving them another? <laughs> I think we're trying to come up with a solution to a problem that there already is a solution to. I, yeah, I think, you know, Sarah makes some great points. I think the blue card is nonsense. Why football is the biggest, best, most loved sport in the world is because it's quite a simple game. As kids, you can put two jumpers down for goalposts, get a ball and have a game of football. Why are we trying to complicate it so much? It's ridiculous. Sarah's right. The yellow card's there. The red card's there. It's a simple, it's simple, absolute nonsense idea. Sarah, Robbie, I feel like you've agreed with each other a bit too much. Are you both <laughs> are you both feeling all right? <laughs> well, we know Robbie's really hungry. Maybe that's part of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, it's been an absolute joy having you join us. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. And thank you for listening to another week of On Another Planet. We'll be back next week, so be sure to send your questions in to at Planet Sport Bet on all the socials. See you next week. See you, Georgie. I'm off, I'm off for some food, Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> Fill your boots. On another planet with Planet Sportbet, your world of sports betting. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Sports Social Podcast Network.